Hello again. Uh, this is the Midnight Skeptic uh, coming at you again. So, without further ado, I'll play my play-in music. You are listening to KPCA LP, Petaluma, California, at 103.3 FM and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. And this is the Midnight Skeptic. The views of the Midnight Skeptic are not, repeat, not necessarily the views of KPCA or any of its affiliates. Okay, again, uh, today is October 25th. Uh, this is a Monday, and I'm recording this and putting it out on YouTube uh, quite a bit sooner than I usually do. There's just so many things happening, and uh, I really try to find some good news to relay to you. Uh, one of my listeners, Stan, down in Pacifica, uh, wants good news, so I try to accommodate him, as I will try to accommodate all of my listeners. If you uh, want to make suggestions, uh, send your suggestions into the Midnight Skeptic at gmail.com. All one word, uh, all lowercase. I'll get it, and then I will contemplate the suggestions or the criticisms or once in a while the death threats um, and uh, deal with them appropriately. Okay, uh, the views of the Midnight Skeptic, as I always say, certainly should be the views of Petaluma Community Access and all of its affiliated uh, televisions and radio stations of which uh, KPCA LP 103.3 is one. Um, and uh, so that takes care of those announcements. Uh, shout outs, shout outs. And I have some new additions. Uh, uh, I have some international listeners. It, it dawned on me. Uh, I, my son, my audio engineer, computer technician son, uh, suggested that uh, I go on Anchor.com because they are an aggregator of uh, uh, various audio and uh, broadcasts and things. Uh, Spotify, they pick up things from them, and then they also pick up things and distribute them to um outlets, most of which I've never heard of. Uh, Spotify, I did, I have heard of. In fact, on this show, I'm going to make use of Spotify, but uh, which allows people around the world to listen to me, uh, to their detriment, maybe. But uh, it shows you that some people just have nothing else going on in their lives. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, the international listeners, uh, I have one in Ireland, uh, one in Germany, uh, one in New Zealand, two 
in Australia. And uh, like I say, uh, Anchor.fm has you know, been a revelation. Uh, not that many people are listening to me overseas, but the fact that I have any at all is uh, a revelation to me. Okay, uh, on the East Coast here in the good old U.S. of A., uh, Geraldine Goldfinger out on Long Island, uh, hit a Dr. David Rubin down in the Raleigh-Durham, uh, North Carolina area, and onward southward uh, to Florida, Nelson and Alice Lydell in Sarasota, and uh, Amelia Beamer up near the St. Augustine era area. Um, okay, the Sonora crowd, Bob and Sandy Fisher, Brad and Martha Fisher. Uh, Martha, take care of yourself for heaven's sakes. We don't want that uh, new Delta variation plus to get a foothold up in Tuolumne County. Wear your PPE. Okay. Um, uh, Leonidas Maciel, Judy May, Darrell Larson, and down in Mexico City, Rosie Lopez Negrete. And uh, locally, uh, Stan in, down in Pacifica. Um, if you want me to uh, concentrate on any particular topic, just send me another email and I will consider it. Okay. Uh, Yvonne Santos, uh, Bataglia, down in San Francisco. Uh, Kevin and Lori Burke, up in Cotati. Um, and let's see. So, uh, the girl, okay, I'm having a brain freeze on the girl that listens every now and then uh, in Arkansas. But, okay, over to Arizona. My brother Brandon and his wife Mina and uh, their daughter Andrea, who is also a nurse, uh, please take care of yourself, Andrea. We need you to corral your three little terrorists and your husband, Tim, who is a uh, Raider fan. Okay, yeah, that, that's good. Uh, so anyway, that's it for... Oh, uh, down in Patagonia, Arizona. Uh, Karina Hilliard, if you uh, listen in every now and then... Uh, Send me an email or write me a letter or something. Um, okay. Important announcement, and this was kind of out of the blue that I got this uh, message from uh, Lori Burke up in uh, Katati. Um, this relates to the uh, Gabby Petito um, uh, missing person and ultimately death uh, thing that was on all the news broadcasts, uh, in my opinion, uh, they devoted more time to it than, you know, all the other missing young women, missing persons in general. You know, we could make a whole um, television network out of just uh, dealing with missing people in this country. Maybe some ghoulish entrepreneur might do that. But uh, in, in any event, okay, uh, one of Gabby Petito's um, text messages to her mom uh, mentioned the word Stan, which her mom interpreted to be Gabby's grandfather, whose name was Stan, but nobody in the family ever called him Stan, uh, Gramps or I, I don't know what all. But anyway, uh 
Lori up in um, uh, Katadi uh, got this message, and uh, uh, to all my listeners and YouTube watchers, especially uh, especially female, uh, I don't know if you're aware of the last text Gabby Petito sent to her mother, but it uh, talked about Stan, S-T-A-N. Uh, her mother thought it referred to her grandfather, uh, but her mother thought it was weird that she called him by name. Okay, I guess nobody in the family ever called their uh, Gabby's grandfather Stan. Okay, and then this person, uh, I don't know who did this, but this person claimed that S-T-A-N uh, was an acronym for Send the Authorities Now. Okay, uh, is this real? Uh, if it is, it's, a, I guess, a good idea for uh, women in danger, being kidnapped or whatever, they're in danger to, for them to text somebody and include the word Stan. Okay, but I, I was kind of suspicious about whether this is a real thing or not, so... Uh, uh, so, let's see, this message, messenger uh, said, uh, a texter call friends that know the acronym referring to Stan and we'll get you help. Okay, well, it might be a good idea to do that, but I'm not, but it ended up not being a real thing. It was, um, this person who came up with it, came up with it after the fact. And uh, so I checked it out on Snopes and... Uh, and Snopes rates this as false. Uh, this is not a widely accepted acronym. Uh, I don't think it's widely accepted anywhere now. I mean, it's it. This, whoever came up with this, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Lori relayed it to me, and I told her that okay, well, I'll put it out on my radio broadcast coming up. Um, but it was invented after the fact of uh, Gabby Petito's. Uh, kidnapping. Okay, uh, if you Google the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and uh, geez, I don't have their phone number or website. I just wrote that down. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I wrote it in a uh, another out on the margins of my notes here. Okay, one eight hundred. 799-7233. And 7233 spells out the word safe on a telephone. Anyway, that's the National uh, Domestic Violence Hotline. Okay, but however, uh, don't rely on the acronym STAN. It just uh, it, it won't work. Okay, but anyway. I wish all of you girls out there safe travels to wherever you're going or whoever you're with. Okay, now, uh, okay, Google, play Scottsboro Boys by Lead Belly. The Scottsboro Boys by Lead Belly, sure, playing on Spotify. No, I think the Scottsboro Boys and, uh, Tell something about how you came to make up that song. You know the Scottsboro Boys, don't you? Haven't you met them? Tell who they were and uh, 
what their case was and how you met them. Yes, ma'am. Miss, I'll tell you all about the Scottsville boys because mm -hmm. we had a sale once. And the Scottsville boys mm -hmm. both got out and down that hard world. That Alabama's a hard world down there. And the Scottsboro boys had a long time, six years that time, them four boys what got out. And I met them, and the boys had such a hard time, and I've been through down in that old, that hard world, but I didn't stay long. And when I saw the Scottsboro boys, I shook their hand, and I began to thinking about, and hear what I said about the Scottsboro boys, because I know they had a hard time. And here's the advice I give Joe Lewis, and this is the advice I give to all the Harlem colored people, and what I mean all the good colored people.
see nothing else wrong. But anyhow, they put the boys in jail, and in that six long years, well, the state, all the whole United States got together, and they got out for them, and they come to New York. And the lawyer what got him out, I know him pretty good, I've met him. And uh, he showed me the Scottsville boys, and I shake hands with him, so I made this little song about down there. So I, I advise everybody to be a little careful when they go along through that, but stay woke, keep their eyes open. Okay, Google, turn off the music. Okay, um, that was uh, the Scottsboro Boys by Lead Belly and the song about the Scottsboro Boys. I mentioned uh, the Scottsboro Boys on uh, the last week's show and uh, because I began to talk about the origin of the word woke, that term that freaks out Republicans and uh, MAGA heads. Okay. Uh, and I kind of ran out of time. I had to hurry up a little bit, and so I told everybody, my thousands and thousands of listeners out there on last week's show, that uh, that I would go into it in more detail now on this show. So here I am. Okay, um, let's see, the origin of the term woke. I hope that you all heard his last uh, comments after he got through singing his song. Uh, uh, he says, uh, if you going down to Alabama, you, you'd best stay woke. Now, what that means is uh, be careful of doing anything that might set off white people or uh, the sheriff or the police, which back in 1931 uh, were all white, of course. And it's, it's not quite that bad nowadays, but um, the, the admonishment still uh, is in play. Okay, um, Republicans have been uh, conditioned, uh, by Republicans I mean GOP and conservatives and MAGA heads and Trumpers and uh, the, the deplorables as uh, Hillary Clinton um, shouldn't have called them, but she was right. Um, okay, let's see. I lost my notes again. Here I go. Republicans have been conditioned to freak out uh, when uh, ever they hear that term. Um, and usually on Fox News, that fount of intellectualism, um, have been uh, the the term woke has been expanded to mean any liberal or progressive way of relating to other people. Now, in 1931, uh, the Depression had just started, and there were uh, mostly younger people, you know, like uh, high school age up through 30-ish, give or take a little bit, that decided to go out on the road, meaning the railroad, and uh, look for work in other parts of the country. Uh, both blacks and whites did this. And um, this one train uh, was on its way through Alabama, and uh, in one of the boxcars was this group of nine young black kids. The youngest was 13, the oldest 19. Um, and there were a mixture of uh, white guys young white guys on there as well. 
and then uh, these two white girls, and one was Ruby Bates, and the other was Victoria Price. Well, they stopped uh, in a train yard in Scottsboro, Alabama, and uh, the white guys decided that they didn't want to share a boxcar with these black guys and attempted to throw them off. Well, it didn't work. Uh, the black guys threw the white guys off uh, the boxcars. I don't know whether they threw them all off, but at least enough of them that they decided, well, we're going to tell the police on you. And so they went to the police. The police came out to the train yard to investigate what's going on. And then these two white girls that were uh, in the boxcar claimed that these uh, nine black guys raped them. Oh, man. Okay. Well, of course, they didn't. In fact, uh, well, okay, the nine black guys were um, arrested by the police. And, uh, and of course, there was a lynch mob that uh, gathered. Um, the, the nine white guys um, were moved to a more secure um, jail in a courthouse in, uh, I forget the name of the town, but whatever county that Scottsboro's in, uh, they moved him there, and uh, the governor called out the state national guard to disperse the lynch mob. You know, in a earlier time, the sheriff or police chief might have just let the lynch mob have him, but they didn't this time. I gotta give him credit for that. Okay, so they were put on trial, and uh, uh, they they came. Okay, police came to the railroad yard, blah, 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 arrested and uh, put on trial. And the uh, ILD, which is the International Labor Defense um, Organization, which was a group of communists, I mean, they call themselves that, uh, lawyers, the, the American... Uh, uh, the American Communist Party. This was the legal arm of them. Uh, they volunteered their services to defend the Scottsboro Boys. And uh, I won't go into all of the appeals and the retrials, but this um, took place over many, many years. And all the while, the Scottsboro Boys were being held in custody. Well, eventually, um, well, one of them got shot, you know, attacking a police officer. And uh, others uh, eventually got out. Four of them were finally acquitted. And uh, one of the girls uh, recanted her accusations of being ramp, uh, raped. Um, I'm not sure which one it was that recanted her story, but... Uh, you know, it, it's that's so typical. And uh, Lead Belly wrote this song, Scottsboro Boys, um, in 1938. And he talked to uh, the lawyers that represented him and um, talked to the Scottsboro Boys, the ones that were still in, um, in custody at that time, and then came up with this song. And uh, there, let's see now, uh, the Supreme Court decision, Powell versus Alabama in 1932 uh, became a decision that uh, 
all-white juries were no longer acceptable, you know, because the first trial of the Scottsboro Boys were, the jury was all white. Okay, well, those appeals went all the way up to the Supreme Court and uh, uh, Powell versus Alabama. I, I guess Powell was one of the uh, defendants in this case. But anyway, uh, they won uh, according to 14th Amendment uh, rules. And uh, so juries have to be uh, representative of the community that they come out of, which means including black people. Okay, 1935, Norris versus Alabama. Uh, again, that was um, juries have to be properly informed about the laws pertaining to um, to uh, suspects on put on trial. Okay. Um, PBS, okay, um, Public Broadcasting Service, uh, there is a, a, a documentary produced by PBS called Scottsboro, colon, An American Tragedy, and uh, it came out in 2001. I uh, strongly encourage all my uh, thousands and thousands of listeners out there to Watch this documentary and a full um, confession. I have not seen it myself. I got all of this information about the Scottsboro Boys uh, online. Okay, enough of that. Uh, but anyway, that term woke, every time you hear it, it's, it's vomiting out of the mouth of some Republican creep or some Fox News creep. All right. And they have female creeps on uh, Fox News also. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Spirit Day. We just had Spirit Day on October 21st, and that was Thursday, last Thursday. Okay. Uh, and what is Spirit Day? Uh, people are encouraged to wear the color purple, uh, it's an anti-bullying day. And, uh, okay, LGBTQ Awareness Day, uh, the third Thursday of October. Okay, and it originated uh, in Canada's Pink Shirt Day. And the origin of that, uh, there was a high school guy named uh, David Shepard, um, and uh, his friend, Travis Price, and they were in some high school in Nova Scotia, Canada. Well, this David Price was uh, either was outed or came out as gay. And uh, he was bullied unmercifully for wearing a pink shirt. You know, Jesus, that's, I guess, back in... Those days in Canada, they have bullies up in Canada, too. If you wear a pink shirt, you're going to be bullied. So uh, this guy, uh, David Shepard, bought 50 pink shirts and distributed them uh, around his high school. And um, let me back up. I got the names wrong. The guy that was bullied was Chuck McNeil. And... Uh, on, on the first day of high school uh, for wearing a pink shirt. 
Okay. Um, and that sort of was the impetus for Pink Shirt Day. Uh, this Canadian girl, Brittany McMillan, uh, who was 18 at, in 2010 uh, in high school, working with GLAAD. That's the uh, media organization that uh, tries to clamp down on um, uh, bad depictions of the LB LGBTQ community. Okay. Uh, after a number of bullying incidents uh, that resulted in the suicide of some um, LGBTQ students, she went to work with GLAAD and uh, many celebrities and sports figures have uh, uh, have uh, joined up in this effort to promote Spirit Day. Okay, and uh, I think Pink Shirt Day is still uh, celebrated in Canada, and uh, but in but here in the United States at the uh, uh, urging of Brittany McMillan. Uh, we celebrate um, Spirit Day, which is, you know, you wear a, the color purple or something, and that's the third uh, Thursday uh, in October every year. Okay, okay, okay. Um, da -da 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 -da. Texas. Uh, I, I am getting so disgusted with Texas. Now, let, let me say that there are plenty of good people in Texas, and plenty of intelligent people. Uh, uh, they're usually Democrats, um, but Texas, controlled by the Republican Party, is rapidly becoming a dystopia. Um, okay, Texas students were suspended from school in Magnolia Independent School District. Well, why were they suspended, you might be asking yourself, for the length of their hair, which uh, violated some idiotic dress code down there. Uh, boys' hair, according to this dress code, cannot be longer than the bottoms of their ear. Well, some let their hair grow longer than that. Okay, the six boys and... Um, one non-binary student uh, wore their hair too long. Uh, with the help of the ACLU, the students allege the district violated both Title IX and their constitutional rights. And these six students were ages 7 to 17. I'm not sure which one of them was the non-binary student, but it doesn't matter. Okay, one 11-year-old named Tristan. Oh, okay, well, my notes answer my own question. I do know which one it was. Tristan, uh, age 11, uh, who is non-binary, wears their hair down to their shoulders. Uh, their mother, Daniel Danielle Miller, and if you're a bit confused when I say their mother, uh, that's the correct pronoun for non-binary people and students. Uh, I am of the generation that, uh, you know, is just getting used to all this. 
But I go along with it if that's what they want to be called and that if that's the pronouns they want to use, okay, I'll use it. But I, I do have to point out that the word you, the pronoun you, is both singular and plural, so I don't see why that can't be used. But I'm not going to gripe about it. Far be it from me to, you know, be mean about anything. Okay, let's see. I lost my notes again. I'm uh, riffing again. Okay, uh, Danielle Mother, the mother. Danielle Miller says, Tristan's hair is always clean and kept out of their face by barrettes or keeping it in a ponytail. Uh, the federal, this is a federal lawsuit, uh, seeks an injunction to halt enforcement of the school policy. Uh, let's see. I, I even wrote the word riff uh, down in my notes here. It gives me a chance to sound off about Texas. Really, um, if all of Texas could be somewhat like Austin, Texas, oh, what a wonderful world this would be. But uh, outside of uh, Austin, it's kind of a Republican dystopia. And if my thousands and thousands of listeners out there don't want this country to turn into a Republican dystopia like Texas is, please get out there and vote, um, especially in this 2022 election coming up. And I've admonished all of my many listeners to let's just wipe the slate clean, vote out all Republicans, even the handful of uh, intelligent, compassionate Republicans, and just let them start over from scratch and and have actual ideas that can be discussed and debated about with, uh, you know, Democrats and liberals and progressives. Um, and I've said this before on almost every show that where this topic comes up, that I am still a registered Republican. I won't go into why I did or how long ago it was or anything, but um, there is a group called Responsible Republicans, and within that group, there was the Lincoln Project that uh, share my beliefs that Republicans should be just voted out of office, especially... Uh, well, we did it. Uh, the orange bloat bag was voted out of office. Okay, okay, enough of that. Uh, still back in Texas, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, one week after the orange sociopathic bloat bag was, uh, uh, lost the election in 2020, and then, of course, claimed right away that the election was rigged, um, Dan Patrick offered a million dollars worth of bounties for proof of voter fraud, even though uh, the Texas official, who was a Republican, uh, announced that uh, the election, 2020 election, was up, was on the up and up, and there were no, there was no evidence of uh, voter fraud. 
Okay, anyway, uh, Dan Patrick, uh, an adherent of the big lie, uh, offered a million bucks. Okay, well, a couple of days ago, the first check of $25,000 was issued to a Pennsylvania poll worker who busted a, wait for it, Republican for trying to vote twice for the orange bloat bag loser. Uh, his son, this guy who voted Republican first, uh, went home and about an hour later he came back wearing dark glasses and a hat and tried to vote for his son. And I assume he would cast another ballot for the orange bloat bag. But the poll worker became suspicious because he remembered this guy and dark glasses and a hat just didn't cut it as a, a disguise. So anyway, this guy, the poll worker, uh, contacted um, uh, Dan Patrick by means of John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania lieutenant governor, who himself is a Democrat and kind of a jokester. He, Fetterman called up Dan Patrick and said, hey, I've got a guy here that did find voter fraud. Uh, would like our money, please. So that's the genesis of this $25,000 check that was cut. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the guy's name, but in total, seven Pennsylvanians have been arrested and found guilty of voter fraud. And guess what? They were all Republicans. Mm. Okay, voter fraud. There have been very few verifiable cases of voter fraud in 2020. Certainly not enough to swing any of the states toward the orange bloat bag that, uh, um, that our current president won. Uh, the Bloomberg Law Report cites just 200 cases around the country uh, went to court. Uh, half of the state's poll, polling, heads of polling, um, reported no cases at all. A Reuters, um, they're a news aggregate um, company, uh, a Reuters report said that um, of 15 Republican Secretaries of State candidates in this upcoming election, 2022, 10 of them still questioned the 2020 election and are proponents of the big lie. Okay. All right, enough of that. Uh, I need a time check here. Oh, boy. I'm not going to get to everything. Um, Okay, but this is good news. Uh, Stan, are you listening? Uh, population of monarch butterflies are on the rebound. Around 2,600 of the migratory insects were counted at Pacific Grove on Thursday, you know, 1021. That was, uh, <laughs> uh, that was spirit day. Okay, um, 
at the sanctuary near Monterey, California. That's where Pacific Grove is. And uh, uh, the butterflies, uh, I'm not sure whether they were on the way back up north or on their way down south to Mexico where they uh, winter. Uh, with the help of volunteers, the Xerxes Society, let me spell that for you in case you want to Google it, X, capital X, E-R-C-E-S, Society for Invertebrate Conservation. Okay, that's what they do. They will conduct a more official count next month, November, um, and again in January. The estimated population is in excess of 10,000, but that's still down from almost 200,000 uh, in 2017. I'm getting a phone call here. Uh, it's a junk call. I'm not answering it, but excuse the phone ringing. Okay, uh, California's milk, milkweed planting program, as well as wildflower pl planting, has helped this monarch butterfly um, species rebound. The Xerxes Society has petitioned uh, the EPA and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to list the monarch as endangered. Um, that status has not been granted yet, but all in all, it's very, very good news. And I'm going to um, read another good news article. This is for you, Stan, again. Okay, and it concerns humpback whales. The population of humpback whales in the South Atlantic uh, has made a sharp recovery in recent years with 24,543 of the marine mammals feeding in sub-Antarctic waters each southern summer. I guess there's an outfit that takes an actual census of the uh, humpback whales, um, similar to the Xerxes Society, but I, I don't know what it's called, what they are called. Uh, more than the number were slaughtered by whalers there from 1900 to the 1950s. Okay, this species was rarely seen in the three decades after whaling ended in the 1960s. Uh, but scientists say the whales are increasingly feeding during summer. Uh, good news environmental stories have sadly become rare these days. Here, here. Uh, so we are very pleased to confirm the recovery of the humpback whale population in the southwest Atlantic, um, the lead researcher says. Okay, good news, good news. Some of our species here on this planet are rebounding from drastically, uh, drastically reduced numbers. Okay, uh, I almost hate to do this, but... Uh, I have to get back to Texas. Uh, Texas Republican politicians are just wallowing in cruelty and meanness. This seems, uh, this seeps into uh, cruelty and meanness in the citizenry, uh, meaning their base. Uh, Rachel Gonzalez, a mother of two girls, one of which is uh, transgender, um, has weathered criticism, insults, and harassment by uh, 
Republicans or MAGA heads. Okay, Libby Gonzalez, uh, Rachel's daughter, who was 11, uh, testified before the Republican-controlled Texas State Senate in July of 2017 against a bathroom bill. And she was seven at that time. She's 11 now. Uh, people testifying for or against the bill were given all of two minutes to make their case. And this is a quote from uh, Libby Gonzalez. I am seven years old, and I am transgender, Libby said. I love my school and my friends, and they love me too. Uh, love, what's that? You're talking to Republicans, Libby. Um, that was an aside. Uh, I don't want to be scared to go to the restroom in anywhere public. And I never want to use the boys' bathroom. It would be so weird. Please keep me safe. Thank you. That was the, her testimony before the Republican Texas State Senator, Senate. Uh, and, of course, they passed the bathroom bill. Texas Republicans, those big hunks of masculine cowboy hat-wearing, range-riding, good old boys. Uh, they enjoy attacking the LGBTQ people. They are just, man, sorry creeps. Um, they have a uh, Republican politician guys and a lot of their followers just have a uh, sorry idea of what being a guy is. I will uh, get to another guy who is a sorry creep here in just a minute. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm not going to get to all my things I wanted to talk about. Okay. The House, the, the House of Representatives passed the Equality Act that would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Uh, in work, housing, education, issuance of credit, etc., 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 on February 25th of this year, uh, 224 yeas, 206 nays. Well, one guess as to who all the nays were coming from. Um, but it's now gone over to the Senate. Well, that's one of the things that's going to be filibustered by the creepy Republicans over in the Senate. Uh, I, I don't give that much hope. And one of the things I am just so tired of seeing on television uh, is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema who don't want to get rid of the filibuster. It should be gotten rid of. Um, and I understand the argument that should the Republicans regain control of the senator, uh, that the Democrats would be able to use the filibuster. I don't care. Uh, I think Americans are becoming smart enough to not elect Republicans to anything anymore. There's certain areas of our country that are just backwards, most of them in the South. But again, 
I admonish all of my listeners out there, my thousands and thousands, to just wipe the slate clean of all Republicans, get rid of them, and then let the Republican Party, if they really want to have ideas, uh, to start from scratch again. Okay. I want to talk a little bit, speaking of um, uh, toxic masculinity, Madison Cawthorn. He's a Republican from uh, North Carolina's uh, House District Number 11. Uh, he's the Republican, in my notes, I spelled it out here. I, I don't know if I can say this on, over the air. Uh, the Republican D-O-U-C-H-E. Um, that whines that American men have been demasculated. And uh, that's not a word. Uh, it should have been demasculinized if he wanted to say that. Uh, the article that I got this out of uh, has in brackets, you know, S-I-C, because it's not correct. Anyway, that's what he said. Okay, and this is an exact quote. They are trying to demasculinate, demasculate uh, the young men in our country because they don't want people who are going to stand up. And we all know who he means by they. Uh, Democrats, progressives, um, compassionate people, uh, you know, progressives, liberals, libtards, as they would call us. Okay, mothers should be raising their boys to be monsters. Cawthorn himself proves that the January 6th insurrectionists, uh, the violent anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers, the GOPers that uh, fear trans women and trans girls, that feel love and protectiveness for their guns, want government control of women, and who flock to the feet of the orange bloat bag con man, they're a dangerous minority in our country. Mm. Texas Republicans, good news, good news. Where am I here? Okay, 50 minutes. Okay, a um, bit of bad news. Hmm. One of these shows, I'm going to devote most of it uh, to sexual abuse in various churches. It's not just the Catholic Church, although they seem to be the ones making most of the headlines. But uh, I'm going to read this. Okay, it was, oh, when was it? It was a few days ago I got this. A Catholic archdiocese can be sued for a priest's alleged molestation of a young student, even if the priest had no record of sexual abuse. You know, there's always a first time, and these guys have to commit the first offense, but if they haven't yet, and they do it, they still can be sued. This is the, a court decision. Okay, even if the priest had no record of sexual abuse, a state appeals court has ruled in a Los Angeles case 
that could also affect dozens of pending, that's right, dozens of pending Bay Area lawsuits. A man identified only as John Doe said he was a 10-year-old catechism student in August of 1988 when the Reverend John Higson assaulted him in a restroom of a church in Paramount. That's a uh, town down in the L.A. area somewhere. Okay. Uh, he said Higson, the Reverend uh, John Higson, uh, groped his genitals, forced him to perform oral sex, and told him, and this is a quote, according to uh, the, this John Doe complainant, this is a quote, every boy does this in order to do their first communion, unquote. Uh, Doe, this John Doe, did not report the incident at the time and did not sue the Los Angeles Archdiocese until 2017. His lawyer, Anthony DeMarco, said Higson, ordained as a priest in 1980, was eventually removed from the priesthood after other allegations against him surfaced, but was never prosecuted because legal deadlines had expired. The archdiocese said, however, that Higson was placed on leave in 1998 after reports of consensual, this is a quote, of consensual relationships with adult women and left the priesthood on his own in 2003. Mm. In seeking the dismissal of the suit, the archdiocese denied that it had been negligent in supervising Higson or failing to protect Doe from him and said that it had no reason to know the priest posed a threat. Hmm. Well, why don't you just ask God about that? He'll tell you. Hmm. A superior court judge agreed and dismissed the suit, but was overruled Wednesday of last week uh, by the Second District Court of Appeal. Okay, I'm not going to read any more of this, but uh, uh, I said on last, uh, I think it was two shows ago, that... Uh, Southern Baptist uh, guy. Let's see. I, I remember. I can't remember his name right now. I'll look it up right quick. Uh, oh, Ronnie Floyd. Uh, he resigned from his position as leader of the Southern Baptist Convention uh, after third-party investigations. Uh, determined that um, they did not internally investigate many allegations of sexual abuse in uh, Southern Baptist churches. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got about three minutes left. Um, okay. Real quick, fast food uh, chains, contributions to icky Republicans. Okay, uh, the latest one to come to light is In-N-Out Burger. 
uh, well, not only are they not going along with checking um, vaccination cards or on your phone or however they do it, they're refusing to do that because they say, we're not the vaccination police. Well, it, it turns out that they have uh, the owners, not of this one, but of the chain, have contributed many, many, many thousands of dollars to Republican candidates. And uh, almost uh, on the uh, level of Chick-fil-A, they're another one. And uh, so the Chick-fil-A, they were just not only contributing to Republicans, but contributing to anti-LGBTQ uh, organizations. Okay. Uh, Tony Bravo, a columnist in uh, the Monday San Francisco Chronicles, wrote this column. Um, in and out Chief CEO Mark Taylor and his wife, Tracy, half-sister of the uh, uh, chain's founder, uh, Lindsey Snyder, had uh, donated more than $15,000 to President Donald Trump. Okay, uh, Chick-fil-A... In and Out Burger. There was one other, and I've lost where it is in the article. Carl's Jr. Uh, that's another one. Uh, okay, anyway, um, I am going to admonish my thousands and thousands of listeners out there uh, not to patronize In and Out Burger, Chick fil A, or Carl's Jr. Yeah, okay. Uh, generally speaking, I'm not for all of these uh, boycott things. Okay, time to play the out music. You have been listening to The Midnight Skeptic on KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. And we're at 103.3 on the FM dial and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. Support community radio at patreon.com slash Petaluma Community Access. And remember, think critically, think logically, but live joyously and, most importantly, pet your cats. As you all may have seen on my uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, when I announced the topics of these Midnight Skeptic shows, uh, I abbreviated pet your cat to PYC. Let's all try to make that a thing. PYC, pet your cat. Okay, until next time, goodbye.